Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be having our second Game of Thrones extravaganza. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How you doing? I am a little bit under the weather, but um, other than that, I'm okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, okay, we should probably address the elephant in the room right at the top. We haven't had oh, an episode yeah. in a while. <laughs> and I, we announced for the first one it was because of technical difficulties, which that is definitely the case. I mean, it was, I honestly have no idea what happened. We recorded an entire episode and then we finished recording and I'm looking and I'm like, where's the rest of the episode? There's like half. Uh, yeah. I mean, Carlos, Carlos was like, Carlos was like, yeah, man. So this is our shortest episode. I was like, why? He goes, 20. Yeah. We only have 26 minutes. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> it's that like, 26 minutes. I have no, I have no idea how, like what happened. I, I honestly like it. It's, it was gone. The half of the episode, at least a little more than half of the episode, probably gone. And I'm like, what the frick? So yeah, there that went. Uh, that episode just kind of disappeared, and I was like, all right, well, there's that. I guess we're not having an episode. And then there was a lot of drama going on behind the scenes where we both had kind of. I, I had some family stuff. Ozzy wasn't feeling well. It's just it didn't. It, things just happened. Uh, we couldn't have an episode on um when Tuesday was that. Yeah. yeah, or Wednesday, Wednesday, technically Wednesday episode. And then on Saturday, because this episode is probably, I, I'm not sure when this episode is going to go, probably tonight, which would be Sunday or tomorrow, Monday. But just, we, we just had a lot of stuff going on and it just, we had to push some stuff back and we're sorry that we missed a couple of episodes, but hey, we are back and we're going to be talking Game of Thrones and we will be getting back to our normal Wednesday, Saturday episode schedule. If everything goes according to plan. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, things, you never know. Things could go crazy, but we'll figure it out. It'll, it'll be what, it, it'll, we'll do what we have to do. But as of right now, we're still on for the Wednesday, Saturday schedule. And we will have an episode this Wednesday, most likely, as long as everything goes well. But yeah, what, I mean, what have you been watching? I mean, we definitely, we are going to talk about the movies we did review in the, lost episode which is what i'm going to call it from now on but we're, we're only going to talk about our ratings but what else have you been watching recently because uh, we haven't watched, talked in a while i watched daddy's home that's probably the only thing i've actually watched mm-hmm. since then because you know i've been crazy busy with work and yeah other responsibilities and um i'm also not feeling that well and i've also had issues with my with my car so i've not really been you know i've been all over the place trying to get things fixed and you know things mm-hmm. are settled but the only thing i'm only thing new i've watched is daddy's home yeah I thought that was pretty good i wanted to watch it because you know the second one's coming out and the second the trailer for that movie looks really great it does yeah so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i want to see that but I, I saw that movie i saw because you know i have hulu so i saw it and I don't think it's, a, it's as bad as people, you know, have have said it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty o- overall to fun movie. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. For what it was that's good. 
yeah, I've been watching just I've been rewatching a lot of movies recently, actually. Like, and and that's not normally me. That's not something I do too often, but. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I just was kind of in the mood to rewatch some stuff. So, um, I watched What We Do in the Shadows again, which is a movie you still need to watch. I showed that to Jesse, and I really, really love that movie. But yeah, it, it, it it's just, I've been rewatching some stuff. And Narcos came out, so I started that. Um, lots, lots of stuff out and a, and just around to be consumed if you just look hard enough. And I'm really excited because of the, the Telluride Film Festival is going on right now, and there is a lot of good buzz for a lot of movies that I've been looking forward to. Battle of the Sexes is getting great good buzz. Uh, the I believe it's The Darkest Hour. That's that one with uh, Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill. That movie is getting amazing buzz. People are talking about him for Best Actor already. And then The Shape of Water, which is Guillermo del Toro's next movie, is getting great buzz as well. So I'm, I'm just really looking forward to all the stuff that we're, we have coming up for Oscar season, which is, as many people know, one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, before <laughs> we get into full-on Game of Thrones discussion, I think we should talk about the movies that we reviewed in our last episode, and we should probably give our ratings because they are indie movies, and you should really see both of them. So let's talk about them real quick. Let's start with Wind River. Ozzy, what did you give Wind River and why, briefly? I gave Wind River a 9.2, like I said in the last review. For those of <laughs> you guys who didn't hear the review. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, you know, this is this is the first time that, you know, we've seen Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, you know, playing, you know, together in a movie that isn't Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch, you know. So you know, and like I said in the episode, you know, it's it's really nice to see these actors, you know, again these Marvel actors show, you know, the you know audiences that they can do more than just superhero things. And we've seen Jeremy Renner and and other things, and we've seen Elizabeth Olsen and other things. But it's great to just have that reminder. And I think this is Jeremy Renner's best performance. Mm-hmm. In a very long time, I'm not in a very long time actually since um, since Arrival. But this is by far, I think this is up there with with the Holmes performance. You know, great cinematography, one of the best shot movies of the year. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. And and such a really and the soundtrack in the movie is really great, kind of creepy, really eerie yet relaxing. So it just has a really it has all those tones in the soundtrack. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it all blends really well with the film, so I give it a 9.2. I really enjoyed it, and I'm probably going to see it again or buy it sometime. Yeah, I give it an 8.8. It's the same guy who wrote and directed, I believe, Hell or High Water. And if you know anything about me and this podcast, you know I love Hell or High Water. And this movie is really, really impressive. Well written, well directed, well acted. I mean, well acted to the point where, and well Really, this movie could get nominated for tons of different things. The script, obviously. The direction, probably, maybe. The cinematography could as well. And Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen are really, really impressive in this movie. Jeremy Renner gives a heartbreaking performance. And Elizabeth Olsen gives just such a complex and layered performance. She blew me away. I mean, I've always really liked Elizabeth Olsen. She's impressed me in everything she's been in. But... I didn't expect this level of 
performance from her and man she delivered it was amazing even some of the supporting performances as well there's uh the indian guy is from hell or high water as well and he is amazing in this movie so it's just it's a great movie 8.8 check it out highly recommend it watch it while it's in theaters let's move on to logan lucky i gave this movie a 7.9 it is a very very good movie ozzy was a little higher than me but I think it's just it's just a really fun, funny, but also cool heist movie. It's just it's a fun movie and what, what Channing Tatum, excuse me, I lost his name for a second there. Channing Tatum, he another guy who I'm talking about somebody that surprised me, is Channing Tatum really surprised me in this movie. I mean, he continues his career trajectory just a fascinating way and he this is his best performance the best performance i've seen from him i think i think it's even better than uh what's that other movie he's in with steve carell fox catcher fox catcher yes it's even better than that it's just he is really good the the performances throughout this is a great ensemble cast i i highly recommend this movie i think it's a really fun movie it's not something that you're going to regret going to see in the theaters all right I gave this movie an 8.9. I'm a whole step ahead of Carlos on that. This is probably the best performance that Channing Tatum has ever, that I've personally seen on screen. So probably a career-defining performance by Channing Tatum. Actually, you know, I I saw a couple of interviews from him. He actually drove around the area to try to get the accent Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. He's definitely one of the most likable guys in Hollywood, Channing Tatum. Love him or hate him, he's a really likable guy. But um, this is definitely one of his best performances, if not his best performance. Adam Driver is really great in the movie. But to me, who stole the show, of course, is Daniel Craig, man. You know, we're so used to seeing him play James Bond, this really sophisticated character. And he just goes the 100% opposite direction. And I want to see Daniel Craig in, like, more stuff because this... He blew me away in this movie. He's really good. Really good. I, I mean, this. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be getting any buzz, but I mean, he might get best supporting, best supporting actor. I mean, I, I think I just think he did such a great job. Um, he really blew me away. The, the this is like a fun heist movie, like Carlos said. Definitely one of my favorites of the year. Great, greatly shot. Great dialogue from all from you know all parts here. So. Definitely check out this movie. I give it an 8.9. So, again, check it out. All right. Now, let's move on to Game of Thrones and... Meat of the episode. Yes, this is going to be basically the rest of the episode. We'll have recommendations at the end. But we're going to be talking Game of Thrones, and we're going to be talking full spoilers. So, if you're not caught up, if you are not... If you don't watch Game of Thrones, then, number one, probably should go watch it. And then, number two then maybe you shouldn't be listening to the rest of this episode. Sorry. Uh, it's, uh, we're going to be talking full spoilers. So if you watch the show and haven't caught up, well, we're reviewing this like a week after it aired, like literally a week after it aired. So that's on you, but go catch up because we're going to be talking full spoilers. This is your warning. All right, let's get into this episode. We're going to start with the episode, then we'll go into the season as a whole, but we're going to start with this episode Episode 7 of Season 7, The Dragon and the Wolf. And before we start going location by location, I mean, this this episode, I really enjoyed it. I It's one of, it's probably one of my favorites of the season. Maybe the one with the battle for the, what's that called? Or the one with the, be- where Daenerys comes in wreck shop. That might be, that's a great episode as well. But this is one of my favorites of this season. What about you? Yeah. I really enjoyed the episode. 
uh, a lot of satisfying moments. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know, we saw we finally saw like a reunion of all these characters and worlds colliding, and you know, you look at that that set. You know, you you go and you look at the inside the look, and you know you you go on YouTube and you check out the behind the scenes footage mm-hmm. and the actors and the director and the producers are just telling you like how much fun it was shooting that you know that sequence because it's these actors who haven't been filmed together. Some of these actors haven't been filmed together in such a long time, and some of these characters have not even been on screen before together so it's such it's it's really you know you get so many great moments and they're all their own person so it's just really great to see how like it's really great to see that all roads kind of led to this moment you know mm-hmm. so i really enjoyed that that sequence that particular yeah. sequence i really did like the episode as a whole i really did like it as well yeah all right so we are actually going to start with kind well we're gonna start with what leads up to that sequence and we're gonna get there pretty quickly let's start in king's landing basically john and Tyrion and a lot of their other side characters i mean brienne is there uh pod is there right is pod there yeah yeah he goes because he goes with them um there's just a lot of oh the hound is there there's just a lot of these people who are coming from uh, basically, the North and also Daenerys side of things. Basically, Bronn take Bronn meets them and takes them to where we're going to have this meeting because this is a meeting where they're gonna try to convince Cersei to help them fight the White Walkers. This is the plan that I have never been for. That I don't think I still don't think it made much sense to begin with, but. This is their plan, so this is what they're going to do. And they're walking, and they will walk to the Dragon Pit, which is where they're going to have this meeting. This plan, um, it seems to go pretty well at first. I mean, well, f- let's, I guess before we get to how the discussion goes, D- Daenerys is not there, which I think everyone kind of knew why she wasn't there. Like, she wanted to make a dramatic entrance and show off her dragons. And that's what, when I saw she wasn't there, I'm like, she's going to ride in her dragons. It made the most sense. But this sequence of even them just walking to the dragon pit is such a great sequence. And it's honestly, it's one, it's one of the reasons that this show is so successful and that sh- this show is so good. It's all of these characters seeing each other after a long time of not seeing each other and having just these really entertaining and endearing conversations for the most part. You have Bronn and Tyrion talking and Pod and Bron- Bronn talking. Um, Pro- no, Pod sees Tyrion for the first time, which is a, a great reunion as well. They make a joke about what Pod did to the prostitutes, which we still have no idea. It's still the greatest mystery in the show, especially now since we had a lot of other mysteries resolved in this episode. Brienne and the Hound see each other, which is a great meeting because obviously they had their battle back in, what, season four? Five? I, I don't know, but they had their battle and she thought he was dead. And then they're talking about Arya. It's just such, there's so many great reunions where they're all talking to each other and all having just these kind of conversations, remembering things that we've seen on the show, but not in a like, a oh, remember the great um, things we've done on the show? It was just, it felt natural. It felt like these are the things they would talk about when they first see each other after years for the most part. What do you think? Yeah, man. 
I really did like the episode, like especially like getting into it. Yeah. I really did like the conversations. The only thing I was kind of disappointed about was, you know, that Brienne didn't really have a conversation with John. I was like, you would think at this point that they would have had at least some kind of conversation because, you know, she, you know, she's, you know, she's serving his sister. So you would think that, you know, she would go up to him and be like, yo, little fingers over there kind of screwing things up or something. But that's a good point. I didn't think of that, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, I've never seen them have any kind of interaction. Even in season six, there's no interaction. And even in this season, there's just no interaction. And, you know, you know, she's a part of the North now, I would, I would think. So I just kind of found it disappointing how, you know, there was no interaction between those characters. I would mm-hmm. think that these characters would, you know, at least have spoken to one another. But we just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say, I mean, it was nice to see Braun talking to Tyrion again. It yeah. was really nice to see that. The, that duo kind of talk again, I really did enjoy that. And it was satisfying to see, like, the both of them say, like, it's good to see you, man. And, and Braun's like, yeah, you know, it's good to see you too, man. Yeah. Um, I really liked the reunion between Bran of Tarth and mm-hmm. the Hound. I thought that was great. How the, how, how the Hound, <laughs> how the Hound met uh, Tormund the last the last episode, and yeah. then he meets with Bran this episode. He's probably like, oh damn. And I really did like that reaction. You know, you would think that it would have been extremely awkward. You know, extremely tense. But it was actually a really nice episode. You know, you really see that the Hound really ends up respecting Arya and, and stuff like that. I wonder how it's going to be when they meet. Yeah. I wonder how that reacts. Cause that That's going to be crazy. Yeah. But um, I liked how they were kind of like pa- proud parents. I know this is what everybody is. In, but it's true. They both were like two proud parents who are like, oh, Arya. <laughs> like, she's doing yeah, so yeah. great now. <laughs> yeah, because she was just like, Brienne was just like, He's just like, well, who's going to protect her if you're not there? And then she's like, uh, she's there. She's not the one who's going to need protecting. They're the ones who are going to need protecting. Yeah. And they're just like, you know what? I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it, it's it was really great seeing that that reaction. Yeah. And again, of course, it was nice to see Tyrion with Podrick. I thought that was a really sweet thing, and mm-hmm. it was a really episode. I mean, a really sweet conversation between the two. So. Yeah, I have to say that as well. Yeah, so basically, we meet in the everybody meets in the dragon pit. Cersei gets there and she's like, uh, "Where's Daenerys?" She's pretty mad that Daenerys isn't there. Wait, you're skipping something. What? What are we skipping? How about when the Clegane brothers reunite? Okay, I mean, yeah, that was, was I mean, tense, that was, but I don't know. I liked it. It yeah. was kind of it, it was, was weird yeah, it was seeing fun. seeing the mountain with those red eyes staring back. I mean, I liked it for yeah. Uh, was i i just so, felt like the it's just setting up what's to come i mean it has to be setting up what's to come i mean it's just it seems like we built up to that moment like he walks up to him and they just have this really cold conversation and then they walk away and i'm just like okay that was fine but it's weird because it's a one-sided conversation the the mountain can't really speak so <laughs> i don't know it, it was fine but daenerys shows up on her dragon as expected and i think cersei does a good i mean that lena hetty does a great job being impressed and slightly afraid of the dragon but pretending like she's not like you can see all of that in her performance just like she is impressed by the dragon but she's not going to show she's impressed by the dragon great performance by lena hetty throughout this episode by the way this is one of her best performances apart from the walk of shame in my opinion so basically daenerys shows up cersei's like hey you're late this is rude um basically and it's kind of funny considering cersei is blaming people for being rude anyway 
we have this discussion where they're talking about how none of this matters. They need to stop. They need to chill and stop this war because we have a more important war. And the Hound opens this box, which they're carrying the white in or the other or whatever it's called. And they he tips it over and it rushes at Cersei and gets within inches of her. And he pulls back on the chain to keep it from getting at her. And Cersei's, again, Cersei's performance, it is incredible. It really is like she is terrified. She is just in complete disbelief that this is actually something that's happening. And then Kyburn's reaction where he's basically just impressed by this being. And you know he's like, I have ideas for this. Everybody's react, Jamie's reaction, everybody. It's so well done. What did you think of that moment? Especially, like, what did you think Cersei was thinking in that moment? I mean, she kind of tells us what she was thinking, but when you yeah, first I saw mean, it, what did you think? She was scared. I mean, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty happy. You know, yeah. all these people are now aware. They're woke of the truth. Like they, they're, they are quoting Carlos woke. Um. <laughs> You know, it was really good to see all these people's reactions. Everybody had their own reaction. Yeah. And it's really funny how Jon Snow was the only one who was just like, yo, this is, this is, I'm not going to be scared of any of it because, you know, I'm not scared of these whites because, you know, I've, I've seen them like bunches of times, but I am scared of the Night King. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that Jon is scared of. Well, he's used to it. And I really did like his presentation. And he was like, I love how he pointed at the white, and he was like, that is the fate of the world if we don't if we don't fight this and if we don't win. Yeah. Um, so I really like the presentation. I like the reactions. I, I and I did like it even before. I mean, she was just like, I just think it's a bad joke. And and John was like, this is serious. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't. So I really did like the, even the prelude to the presentation. Yeah. So you could see the reactions before, and you could see the reactions after, and mm-hmm. it's just really. And I love how, yes, we, I mean, Cersei's reaction, I think in the moment, everyone was kind of like, she buys in, like this plan, I guess, worked. So we're, we're all on board. And then Jamie kind of reinforces that when he is clearly just like, oh my gosh, like how many, like his first question is how many? And it is, I mean, that's so fitting because he's a military man and it makes complete sense that he would be asking about the numbers. And you can tell everyone in that moment, for the most part, is like, all right, I think you're right. We need to do this. And then they start to talk about how they're, all right, fine. We will not attack you and we will go and help you fight the this army of the dead. And we're going to go and help you take care of this. And then she asks for one thing. And... This is one of the, it's one of the strangest moments in the episode, but it's not strange in a bad way. It, I think it really ends up working because it kind of shows off who John is because what Cersei demands in return for this and basically her deal for this is that Jon Snow, King in the North, will not support either side in the war after this when they start having when they resume their war for the seven kingdoms john will not pick sides basically and i think that's i think it's funny and i think cersei knew that in a way i think cersei knew that john was gonna have difficult time with this 
because I think either way, she knew that it would cause problems. Either way, he one way, he'd say no, and then she had her backup plan, which we go on to see. Or he'd say yes, and in her mind, Daenerys would have been upset. I Obviously, I don't think that would have been the case, because Daenerys would have assumed Jon was lying. But either way, I think in the back of her mind, she was thinking, I can cause problems by demanding this. And Jon of course, says no because he's already bent the knee to Daenerys. And (laughs) Cersei says, all right, then have fun with it yourself. They'll attack you first, so screw you guys, basically. It's, It's just a fascinating sequence. Daenerys is obviously pissed because they did all of this. She lost a dragon for this. And I think it's a great conversation between Daenerys and Jon in the aftermath of that when Cersei leaves. And it's just... Oh, we should also mention Euron leaves. He basically says, yeah, you guys can deal with this. I'm going back to my island. And he leaves. So what did you think of all that John's decision to, or Cersei's decision to give a condition on her support, and then John's decision to not lie, basically? Look, I mean, everybody was basically pissed off at the fact that he didn't lie. Yeah. Like, Tyrion, like everybody was just going in on him, and you got, you know, you got Tyrion, Daenerys, and I think like um, somebody else as well, um, who also went in on him. But you know, I did like his answer for it. You yes. know, he was just like, "Look, man, if we don't be honest with each other now, then there's just there's no point in even fighting the dead at this point. You know, like we need to still." We still need to tell the truth. Like, I understand you guys are pissed, but I'm not going to sit here and lie at the same time. This is not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I did I did like that, and I did respect that. Um, Yaron clearly is a coward because he left. I, I, and I... I hope they do like a I hope they do like a side story of Euron, like give him like his own show or like maybe even do like a film because he's like, look, I've seen many things in the world, things that you wouldn't believe, but nothing I like, but this is the first thing that I've seen that's that terrifies me. And I did like his I did love that performance that he gave. Truly authentic, I have to say. But Cersei leaving and saying, Okay, you guys can deal with it first and then we'll just kill the remaining ones, like it's just ridiculous. And Jamie Jamie was still very naive to follow her. Yeah, I like how he was in a I weird like position how, though. Yeah, I like how like I like how Brienne was just saying, Screw loyalty, like this is something that needs to get done right away. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. The fact that you're still gonna follow her, it doesn't make any sense. So I did like the fact that she was talking to him and really being firm with him yeah. and saying that this is something that's very serious. So, you know, you get all these reactions and, 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 and stuff like that. And Tyrion goes and he says, look, I think right now it's either my head or me trying to go talk to her because we have to settle this. Like this has to – she cannot attack us. And on top of that, we need to deal with this threat immediately. Mm-hmm. So he goes and talks to her. Um you know, Jamie thinks that Jamie, Jamie was him and Jamie had like their last goodbye, uh, just in case she killed him. Mm-hmm. And he went in there and he had to go talk to her. And I have to say, from both parties of Peter Dinklage and and uh, Lena Headley, yeah, yes, she they both gave amazing performances. Yes. I've missed these two sharing the screen together. Such great dialogue, such great acting. You can just feel the you can just feel the the the, the, 
the intensity in the air. Mm-hmm. It's so great. I really did like that scene. What did you think about that scene when those two were talking? Yeah, where Tyrion kind of goes up and he's like, I need to talk to her. I need to convince her because this is not going to go very well if she doesn't help us or if she doesn't agree to this. It's num- It was a great scene for Tyrion's character because it kind of shows like, look, I know that there's a very good chance she kills me, but this is something that needs to be done. It kind of shows that Tyrion is, again, Tyrion is willing to do what needs to be done. And he trusts in his best ability, which is talking. <laughs> Even when it's to someone who, in his own words, has tried to kill him multiple times. It's just a great discussion. Now, this is probably, this and then something that we'll talk about at the end are all connected into what is probably the most talked about and controversial aspect of this episode, which is what happens in this discussion. We see the first half of this discussion, but we don't see the second half. We see when they're talking about family and Tyrion is talking about, or they're both talking about how he killed father and she blame or how he killed Tywin. And then she blames him for killing their mother, but he didn't kill Joffrey. And all of the all of these different things are talking about family, and then Tyrion realizes that she's pregnant. Now, that's the last thing we see is him basically realizing she's pregnant. W- why? Like, wh- what? Why did we not see the rest of this conversation? We the next thing we see is them all walking out of there, Cersei in particular, and her saying, "I will go and I will send or I will send my army to fight with you," and. We will deal with whatever else after we deal with it. We don't see what led her to that point on any level. What deal was made? What did Tyrion say? I'm very curious what you think because I honestly don't know what I think. I mean, there are so many different things. People are saying Tyrion betrayed her and Tyrion betrayed Daenerys and made a deal with Cersei. What like what kind of deal would that even be? What does that mean? I, I I don't know. I'm very curious what how you read this them not showing us this conversation. I'm honestly not so sure at this point in time. I don't think that Tyrion betrayed Daenerys just because you know he clearly admits to the he clearly admits to his sister. Look, I wanted I wanted to kill you more than one time. I thought about killing you. On like dozens of times, dozens of times, and and then you know she even asks him like, like do you, and you want her to be queen? He goes, yeah, I want her to be queen because I feel like she can be a better she's she can make the world a better place, and yeah, because I can actually control her emotions, unlike your crazy self. <laughs> so I don't think that he literally, I don't think he betrayed her. I do think that he made a deal with her that Daenerys doesn't know of. I agree. Yet. Um, so that is the only thing that I think legitimately happened. Do I think she's going to be pissed? Of course she's going to be pissed, but he had to do what he had to do. I mean, I don't know if that's why at the end of the episode he was looking at John and Daenerys's, you know, room. I don't know. But, well, that's another discussion. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I do think that he probably made a deal with her that, that um, Daenerys isn't aware of as of yet. Yeah. There is one theory that I did hear, and I'm not going to claim this theory on, by any, on any level because it's something I heard. It's not something I came up with myself. But there is one theory that kind of makes sense, and it would kind of like make 
it, it would make the end sequence where he's watching their room in a very strange way make a little bit of sense as well. And what I had heard was that maybe he made a deal that her, because at this point, remember Daenerys and Tyrion have a conversation about how she can't have children. There's no plan for succession, all these different things. What if Tyrion makes a deal that Cersei's child will be the successor no matter what? That sounds very plausible. Yeah, because and that would make sense at the end because maybe Tyrion's seeing this and getting nervous. Like, if she's wrong and she has a baby by Jon Snow, we have problems with this deal that I just made. You know? And that does seem like, considering the conversation we had, or that Daenerys and Tyrion had in the last episode, in episode 6, it does make sense on some level. So... I, I don't know. I th- it's not my theory that I came up with, but it's something that I kind of am starting to buy into. I'm not all the way there. I do have a theory regarding Cersei's child, which we'll get to when we talk about predictions. But that's just something, I don't know. That's To me, that's the best theory I've heard in regards to what the deal was. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very plausible. I, I, mean, I'll, I mean, I'll go as far as to say, I mean, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. All right. Well, basically... Jamie is all, he's all gung-ho. He's like, all right, we're going to go. He's talking to his generals. He's like, this is what we're going to do. His generals are like, "Ah, what's going on? But they're going to listen to him because he's the commander of the army. So he's mobilizing basically the entire Lannister army and all of this. And Cersei's like, yeah, I lied. (laughs) Um, That pissed me off because, you know, I really, and this is the thing that, I mean, we'll talk about it later on, but... Uh I honestly bought, I bought it. I bought it. I was like, all right. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do with the show. So she's going to um, help them out. So this is great. You know, we're moving forward and we're making steps and, you know, we're getting sat. We're getting sat. Not necessarily satisfied, but, you know, we're making steps towards this, towards the end game here. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they made a twist and I personally, I feel like it's it's a backtrack, honestly, with this character. She basically goes up to Jamie and says, no, actually, I lied. I'm not actually going to do that because they're my enemies and I don't trust them. And Jamie's just like, like, I made a pledge to go north and that's what I intend to do. And I really did like Jamie stood up to his yes. sister and he left. Mm-hmm. And I liked that whole entire scene because she was just like, you know, he, you know, basically Cersei goes, Euron Greyjoy actually didn't leave. Mm-hmm. He actually left to go pick up the mercenaries. They're going to win us the war. And Jamie's like, you're so ignorant. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. Like, we don't have them. That's still, like, not enough. That's not enough. Like, she has three dragons, which he doesn't know of. She has three dragons, and she still has the Dothraki. And it's just... Lena Headley's character, Cersei, was just being so stubborn and just to see that whole entire dialogue and, and she even goes as far as to tell the the mountain, kill him, you know, yeah. you know, kill Jamie Lannister. Which I was kinda confused about because she told him yes and then the mountain took out his sword and then Jamie's just like, I don't believe you and then he walked away. So I'm surprised that the mountain didn't actually like stab him or something. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, the mountain, as 
I mean, he's not mindless. He's just kind of, I, I, well, I don't know. We don't know how mindless he is. Yeah, but I think I, he can went, read the situation on some level and understand, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was looking at uh, some comments on YouTube, and one of them said, like, one of them was just like, imagine if he actually did kill Jamie. She was like, no, I didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I loved everything about this scene. I really did. I starting with Cersei revealing that she's betraying him. And I think that's betraying everybody. And I think that's where a lot of the idea of Tyrion betraying Danny comes from is we don't see that. We didn't see that discussion before. So maybe they, this was their plan all along, but I don't buy into that. I don't think Tyrion just flat out betrayed Daenerys. Um, we get this whole thing where we see that, yes, those reactions when she saw that white, were genuine but not in the way that we initially read it we saw we saw it as she is terrified and she understands that these these things are going to destroy everything but it wasn't that she was just clutching her child and terrified for her child which again just reemphasizes exactly what we know about cersei which is she loves her children it to me it made so much sense that we kind of retroactively go and understand what she was thinking in that moment and then not only that but this is something that again it shows the intelligence of Cersei she outsmarted everybody and she continues to outsmart everybody even at this point in the show it's incredible that she's still outsmarting everybody because she had planned from before we can gather that she planned before this meeting ever took place that Euron was going to find an opportunity to leave so that they think that Euron is out of the picture and that so that he can go and get the golden company like they planned that beforehand now they didn't know obviously the white that they were going to show off a white and all that and but and that was the opportunity Euron took but that was something they planned beforehand so she was planning either way on going and getting the golden company and going and getting more soldiers that that's again she's just thinking 20 steps ahead and to me she is what littlefinger thought he was and what Pete, what littlefinger fans want to say that littlefinger is where he's like so many steps ahead he's a genius well littlefinger got ahead of himself and we're going to talk about that but Cersei does not get ahead of herself. She is as smart as she thinks she is. For the most part, she's had missteps in season five, uh, clearly. But um, she is... I when, then we're going to talk about this a little later when we do a different segment, but I completely underestimated Cersei. And this was... This is the kind of pinnacle of my underestimating her. And then I love that she... That Jamie finally... It was such an earned moment, Jamie saying, no, I I can't do this. They are going to destroy this, or destroy everything. And I love his logic, the logic bombs he was throwing at Cersei. Like, don't you understand if the White Walkers win, or if the Army of the Dead wins, then they will come for us. And then if our enemies win, and we didn't help them, they're going to come for us. Either way, he says, we're screwed, basically. And... It's just, so, he was completely the most logical person out of anybody, and it I, I just loved that whole scene. I thought it worked so well on every level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I thought that um, what is it? I thought that you know, I was actually kind of happy for him because, yeah. you know, you see him kind of, you see him excited to really plan to go to the north and fight alongside John and everybody else, but his sister kind of took that away from him, unfortunately. So yeah. it just, it sucks. But again, I'm glad to see that he finally left Cersei mm-hmm. and that he's heading north. Yeah. Uh, one thing we should talk about before we move on from King's Landing, it snowed in King's Landing, and that is a big deal that does not happen very often, so that kind of shows this is going to be a winter to remember, which is kind of what John's been saying for a long time. Uh, also, this will lead us into something we'll talk about a little bit later, uh... John, John and Daenerys, they were like inches away from each other after their meeting for, and it was like, I was like, are they just going to make out right here and right now? Like they were so close. Nah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think that They was were happen. so close. Yeah, I mean, you can tell they wanted it. I know, I know. You can tell, you can tell that she was like... Yeah. See why you wanted me to ride in your uh, yeah. your boat later. He's yeah. Like, and yeah. That is something. That is something I do. They kind of. He 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 basically says it would it would be better because they're going to Winterfell. Everybody agrees that they're going to Winterfell. That's where they think that Cersei's army is going. At this point, they don't know that she's not. Um, but that's what is supposed to be happening. And they're all supposed to meet at Winterfell. And he basically says it would be better if you came with me because then it shows that we are together on this. And that was something I actually said last week when we talked about what was going to happen moving forward. I said the Northerners are not going to accept this unless they come together as like partners in this. And it's not like she's our queen now. like, And it's not him just constantly submitting. And I, I think that that logic was sound, but it clearly was just he wanted to ride in the boat with her because he knew what was going to happen. So we'll, we'll, we'll save that conversation. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to talk about that. All right, but let's uh, move on to Dragonstone. I believe we have Daenerys. Uh, well, we have a no, couple. Not, no, no, no. What? It's not what happens after. It's Winterfell. Uh, well, we kind of cut back and forth. We can. You, you want to do Winterfell first, then, and then Dragonstone. Sure, I'm pretty sure that, that happens after the uh, the, well, the Lannister scene. After maybe. I don't know. Either way, it's cutting back and forth, so it doesn't matter. We can do Winterfell. All right, let's do Winterfell then. Let's do the first part of Winterfell, and then we can go back and do Dragonstone. Then we'll end at Winterfell. Okay. So basically, Sansa is at this point concerned that. Arya is going to damage her relations with the North. Mm-hmm. And Littlefinger is there manipulating the hell out of Sansa. What do you think about that whole dialogue, Carlos? This is my least favorite aspect of this season. I think it's poorly written throughout, and there's no denying that. I, I honestly, I think that this entire storyline is just poorly written. Was I happy when, which, what, with how it ends, which, what, we'll get to that, yes. But just because it ends how I want it to end doesn't mean it's not poorly written. And this episode kind of continues on that theme. I don't, we don't get any of the build-up to this. It's only, we're, we're only revealed things just for shock value and just for, like, oh, crap, which we knew was gonna, like, to me, it was the most obvious twist when they turn around this trial on 
Littlefinger. And we don't get any of the discussion between Arya and Sansa. To me, there's no, like, that was just, when did that conversation have? It doesn't make any sense. We need to know when that conversation happened because. Wait, what's conversation again? I'm sorry. Between Sansa and Arya, when they decide that they're going to put uh, Littlefinger on trial, when Sansa and Arya talk to Bran and he sees what happened, all of these different things, when they planned what was going to happen, to me, that's so. It's so important because it makes either that happened before the conversation between Sansa and Littlefinger. And if that's the case, then the conversation between Sansa and Littlefinger was pointless. And we just watched it to make us think a certain way. And that's just poor writing. Or the conversation happened after and it's like it became useless right after that. And I I just I didn't like how this sequence was written whatsoever. Now, I'm not happy. I've been saying for weeks and basically since... I believe since the beginning of the season that Littlefinger needs to go. I mean, he is kind of, he was just a nuisance at this point. And I'm, so I'm not happy or I'm not sad that he's gone. I think he needed to go, but I just don't like the way we built up to that moment. I guess we're doing all a bunch of film now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I will agree with you. And this is one of the things that we're going to talk about when we're done reviewing the episode in the season. The season feels so rushed. Yeah. And it's because the seasons, this is only seven episodes. And I personally don't understand why there's only seven episodes. I agree. To me, it's ridiculous. And if they were going to make it seven episodes, then why not make this episodes an hour and a half or two hours tops? Mm-hmm. Because this is just ridiculous. And we didn't get this conversation between Bran, Arya, and Sansa. We didn't at all. And. It just felt so random. I mean, was it nice to see? I mean, was I excited to see that Littlefinger was finally on trial? He was finally about to die. I was like, hell yes, I'm excited. He's a nuisance, and it was so annoying. And it was annoying seeing Sansa, from our perspective, just go for it. It was very annoying. But other than that, I mean, I will agree with you. The way they built it up was annoying. It was ridiculous. Arya wasn't doing Arya-like things like we're used to seeing Arya doing. Like, that's one of the many reasons why we like Arya is because she's always kicking butt. And this season, she really wasn't doing anything. Yeah, or outsmarting people, which we either she did and we didn't get to see it, which sucks, or she didn't and then they, Sansa was the one who convinced her, which sucks. Either way, it's not... It doesn't work. I'm sorry, it doesn't. I really did not like... I think it was the most tedious of any of the storylines this season. I agree with you there. Well, now let's get to Dragonstone, where we talk about with um, Wait, before, John and before we, Yeah, okay. before we move oh. on to that, there's one do, one thing I do want to say left with Littlefinger's thing. I don't want to take away from Aiden Gillen's performance as Littlefinger and his performance in this scene, because it is incredible. He kind of breaks down into... It's just that part is well written. His dialogue here, his monologue, I guess you would say in that moment was so well written because he's trying every single angle he can think of so he doesn't die because he knows that this is if he if he can't talk his way out of this, it's over. And I love how he completely he goes back to every single thing that's worked for him before where he tries to convince her with his weird logic. Then he tries 
to appeal to this side that he this romantic side of her then he tries crying and appealing to the sympathetic side of her and he just he tries every single angle and it doesn't work and he is little finger till the very end um so i don't want to take away from that aspect of that death yeah i mean he did a pretty good job and i really did like the fact how he was just getting cut off from every angle yes every angle yeah Sansa was cutting him off bram was cutting him off um ari was cutting off even the veil said I don't think we're going to help you, sir. So it was really great, and it was such a satisfying moment. So I will give the actor 100% props on playing Littlefinger one last time. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Dragonstone. We have John and Theon have a discussion, correct? Yes. Okay. So they have a discussion, and it's it's a nice discussion. It doesn't really really carry much weight in terms of the story overall story it's just a fine discussion where he forgives him um in a way not fully but he does forgive him and he says you're a stark and you're a Greyjoy. you can be both and that's a it's a really nice thing for john to say and then we have theon basically talking to his men or well they're some of the Greyjoy men who are still alive and he's like we're going to go save Yara. And then they're basically like, uh, no, we're not going to save Yara. We're just going to kind of go and, you know, take some villages and do our thing. And then he's like, uh, no, we promised that we wouldn't do that anymore. And it's just, it's a good discussion. And then it leads to a fist fight between two, Theon and this other guys, this other guy. And Theon, I believe, kills him. He either kills him or beats him to inches of death. In a pretty funny moment, too, where he tries to knee him in the balls, which obviously you can't do that to Theon. So that was a funny moment. But I think it was a cool, it was a good enough moment. I just don't know where this storyline is going. I mean, yes, they're going to save Yara, but they don't have enough men to do anything with in regards to the story moving forward. I just don't know where the story is going and what it has to do with anything else moving forward. But it was, it was a fine moment. Great satisfying moment with John and Theon. You know, you see John is is forgiving him for what he can, of course, and not everything. And I did like the dialogue between the two. And you can just see John just you can see John looks at Theon. And he's like, I can tell this guy's been through a lot, and yeah. he's paid for it. He's paid for some of it. He deserves <laughs> more, but he's you know he you know he's broken, and you see him kind of you see him sympathize for Theon. So I did like the fact that John was like, like, man, I forgive you for some of the, some of the things that you did. And one of my favorite lines from John, and that's this, you know, from this episode, he's like, why are you still talking to me if you have to save your sister? And then he walks away. So I really like that scene. And, and John's the one that really gives Theon that push to stop being a coward. So I did like that. Yeah. Uh, it was really great to see Theon really, you know, take those punches and get beat up and, you know, see him come back and say, you know, I know, like, I'm, I'm back and come back and win yeah the only real reason i could maybe see this being a storyline going forward is maybe if they kill euron and then they retake the iron fleet then maybe but i just i I, to me that's the only way that this storyline has any purpose moving forward but whatever so i guess we should move on to do you want to end with the Daenerys John thing, or do you want to end with the wall? 
We can end with the wall. All right. Well, then let's talk about Daenerys and John right now. And this is what I thought you were talking about when you were talking about the other part of Winterfell. Sam got to Winterfell. And we get two things happening at once. We have John arriving at the door of Daenerys's, I guess, cabin on the boat. And he... He knows what's about to happen. Daenerys knows what's about to happen when she opens the door. And we all know what's about to happen when he's doing this. <laughs> he knocks on the door. Daenerys opens it. And they continue to start to do it. And then Sam arrives at Winterfell. And he's talking to Bran. And then we finally get this moment where everything is get, gets put together. J- uh, uh, Bran tells Sam what he's going to tell Jon, which is... He's not, he's, he's not a bastard of Ned Stark. He is not Ned Stark's son. He is the, what he thinks is the bastard son of Rhaegar and, Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. So he thinks that his name would be Jon Sand. And that is a, uh, it was a great moment because it's like, okay, so he is finally telling somebody else but then we get the other key piece of information, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit later. But it was something that I had called from last, from the end of last season. Sam, find, Sam found something which proves that John is legitimate. John is the legitimate son of Rhaegar and Lyanna, Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. He is a Targaryen, and we finally get his name revealed. Bran, once re- once gaining this information, goes back and finds the moment in time, sees the fact that Rhaegar and Lyanna had a secret wedding, and he goes and he is able, I guess for some reason he couldn't hear the name at first, but he hears it now. His name was, John's name, John's real name is Aegon Targaryen, which I know book readers are all up in arms about, whatever, I don't care, but that is his name in the show, so that is what we are going to go with. His name is Aegon Targaryen, and we get this all overlaid with the fact that John is having sex with Daenerys, and it is just, it, it's... It's such a well done, brilliant moment because we're all like, yes, <laughs> John and Daenerys are getting together. This is something that a lot of people have wanted for a long time, really, but especially this season. And then we, of course, in perfect Game of Thrones fashion, we get what we've been asking for with at the same time the revelation that John is, or that Daenerys is John's aunt. <laughs> it's just. I, 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 it's just so, of course they do it like that. It's perfect Game of Thrones fashion. What did you think of this whole sequence, the reveal, how it was done, and what it was done simultaneously with? (laughs) I will never forget the time when I asked you, and I was like, Carlos, no, I I don't even ask. I think I told you, I was like, bro, John is going to take the Iron Throne. I'm telling you, he's, he's going to be. He like I feel like he's gonna be like I mean do you think that this man is gonna be, you know, king of the Iron Throne? You think he's gonna be the freaking king of the Seven Kings? You're like nah, I don't think so. Nah, like, it's crazy. Like what's wrong with you? And I was like, I mean, what if it happens? You're like, I doubt it's gonna happen. And now we're here. Well, I mean, he hasn't taken. <laughs> he has to take it. I mean, and that's what I doubt. I've never. 
like I said, I don't think of- I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna look. I feel like I feel like this would have happened regardless if he was a Targaryen or not because I mean Daenerys and John they want each other at this point. Even if he wasn't a Targaryen, they want each other at this point. So I feel like she would have made him her king regardless. Mm-hmm. But you could see that he challenged her. By the way, <laughs> it was just like you can't have a baby. He told you that. Uh, yeah. you killed my husband. <laughs> We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I was, yeah. you know, it was so great seeing um, <clears throat> seeing Sam go back to Winterfell and seeing Bran. And I really did like the fact that, you know, Sam, one, believed, believed Bran when he's like, hey, I'm the three, you know, I can see things in the past, <laughs> present. Yeah. But I did like, I did like his reaction where, where Bran's like, I'm the three out of Raven. And Sam's like, oh. That's nice. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did like that reaction. Yeah. I did really like that these two minds really collaborated together and saw that Rhaegar and, La- and Lyanna were, in fact, married. What do you think about um, Rhaegar? A lot of people are complaining that he looks like Viserys and that they overhyped Rhaegar's look. What do you think about Rhaegar? In the show, I mean, did they really overhype his look? I mean, in, it's book readers complaining about that because we get they get a description of what he looks like and everything. We don't really get a description of what he looks like in the show. I mean, he looks like Viserys, which was his brother at about the same age. So that makes sense to me. And we're not seeing him in armor. I'm pretty sure if he was in full armor, we would probably have a different opinion about how he looked. He would probably look a little more B.A. But as of right now, he was in just normal dress clothes getting married. That's all blown out of proportion for me. I, it's just book readers complaining that he didn't look how they imagined he looked. Whatever. I suppose. But it was really nice to see Rhaegar, Targaryen. I mean, yeah. we've, we've heard a lot about him, so it was really nice to really get that uh, that moment. I really did enjoy the fact that, you know, these two are married, and the fact that Robert Robert's Rebellion is actually based on a lie. Well, to so a certain stuff, extent. To a certain uh, extent. No, it's based on a lie. No, because, and this is something we do get talked about in the show, so this is not just from the books. Uh... The Mad King burned Ned's father and his, bro- his no, older but brother that happened, alive. Yeah, but that happened. That happened because Robert said that Rhaegar took Lyanna. That didn't happen before. That happened after. I I don't know if we either. I I've been reading a lot of different things, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people pushing back on this idea that it was completely started by a lie. Because either way, the Mad King was still mad, and the Mad King was no, still was, burning people alive. Well, and yeah, but that was burning. But that was burning people alive. My point is, like, you wouldn't have had so many. You wouldn't have had as much. I'm pretty sure. Yes, there probably would have been a rebellion. Yes, but would but would you know the possible? But the question is, it would have been different. Would, but there was still yes, been a rebellion. Probably, probably yes, yes, yes. I'll agree with you there. There probably would have been a rebellion. But Robert's Rebellion, the idea of Robert's Rebellion, and that particular rebellion is based on a lie. I mean, um, you have Brandon Stark and you have Ned's father dying because of, you know, because of what, because of what was said. And it's just, it's sad to know that, that that's why Ned lost everything. That's why, um, you know, it, it's sad to know that Ned died, you know, ended up being faithful to his wife. You know, it's, it's stuff like that that really, you know, propels the show. 
it's really sad. It's really it's a it's a tragic show. Yeah, and it's sad to know that you know that's you know that's why the rebellion even happened. Yeah. So. But again, I, you know, such great information, and yes, we finally get the confirmation that Daenerys and John are hooking up. Carlos and I called it last episode, anyways. Yeah. We're just like, like they're totally doing it next yeah. episode. <laughs> it, ha- it has to happen. Like, it, was, it, has to- <laughs> it was very obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so uh, I'm gonna say it was satisfying, and but I a conflict- weird mixture of emotions of too. Of course, I'm conflicted. <laughs> of course. <laughs> But he's a Targaryen, so I'm satisfied at the same time. But I'm conflicted as hell. So, like, um, I, I, I don't think that this reveal is going to happen early in the season. I don't even know I, if it happens for Daenerys. I, 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 I think it happens. I think it happens for the both of them. Okay. Because you know, I saw an interview with with both of uh, Amelia Clark and and Kit Harington, yeah. and, and they're both talking about like the scene together and and stuff like that, and um. You know, you know, they're all talking about, you know, how each one of their characters will probably react. But Kit Harrington said something. He's like, look, I think they're both going to be grossed out and it's going to cause problems. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to change anything because when you guys have gone through some through a lot together and the train is, is nonstop, like, how can you stop it from there? So I do think that, you know, the two will find out maybe early on, maybe not. But I do think that they are going to continue on as a couple. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I was just really conflicted about the whole thing. <laughs> but it is what it is. I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how everything unfolds and that information is revealed as we move forward. But let's talk now about Eastwatch at the Wall. Um the White Walkers show up with the Army of the Dead, and the Night King is riding a dragon. And oh my goodness, he with... Do you think it's fire, or do you think it's ice that the dragon is shooting out? Fire and ice. Both? Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, just, no, no, no. I just think it's a blue uh, flame. Yeah, maybe a blue flame, or maybe some really, really, really hard ice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he... <laughs> basically mows down the wall and just wrecks part of it at least he doesn't destroy the whole thing but he wrecks part of it and the army of the dead starts to march through the wall i mean there's not too much to it that's basically what happens the biggest i guess this is the second most discussed about part is is tormund and who else is there eric Beric Dondarrion is there as well. Tormund and Beric, are they alive Um, i guess that's the other big point of discussion for this episode and I quite honestly don't know. I I'm not sure. I I don't think. All right. I guess if I had to make a choice, I don't think they're. I don't think they died because I think we would have clearly seen it if they died. I think they're going to say that they are both alive. Now that leads into something as we talk about the season that I'm not a huge fan of, but I don't think they're dead. What about you? I don't think they're dead either. We would have seen it. You know, they're pretty much really important characters at this point in time. So we would have seen these actors' death at, at this point in time. So I think they somehow survived it. Or maybe they were on the part of the wall that did not get, uh, that did not collapse. Um, I think they're pretty close to death. And maybe one of them's injured. Maybe they're both injured. I don't know. But yes. Yeah. I do believe that they're alive. All right. So that's basically this episode. So now we're going to talk about 
this season, I guess, as a whole. We'll keep it pretty brief because we've been going pretty long. We've kind of inserted a lot of our overall discussions into this. What did you think of this season as a whole? I liked it. Was it better than last season? No. Heck no. Um, no, I don't think. I think, and if people do think that the season is better than last season, I will say, and you know, because it's hard for me, you know, for me, the, I'm I'm always excited for sequels, even though the original might be better. I'll always tend to say like, no, but the second one was like my favorite, and it's just because the story keeps going on, um, and we do get many more moments with the characters that we love and stuff like that, but. I do think that people, many people will say that this season is better than a lot of other seasons just because of, hey, you know, we got a lot of satisfying moments. And while that may be true, we got this season was, we've, we've definitely, we've, this season was extremely rushed. Yeah. Extremely rushed. And I don't understand why HBO is cutting it into 13 episodes. That just does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Because the thing is, you know, one of the predictions that Carlos and I were so sure of last last year was that this would be Lena Headley's last season. This would be Cersei's last season. This would be she was the finale was going to be her dying. That was going to be the finale, and then the six episodes was just going to be straight up about the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. That was going to be it. Now I don't know. It's just like I I don't know how they're going to cram all that into six episodes. I I just don't. The season felt so rushed. It felt like they added so much more as well. And I'm very concerned about next season as well. And I thought the season was pretty good, but extremely rushed. Yeah. I Look, I will defend this season, especially when it comes to a lot of the things people are complaining about, like the timeline and people traveling quickly from here to there. Those things don't bother me because... In my opinion, we don't need all the traveling scenes. We don't. But at the same time, this season is rushed. There's no denying it. This season is rushed. And I completely agree with you. I don't understand why we got less episodes. I really don't. I think that this is... I, I don't get at all their reasoning for cutting it down. But I do think that there's a bigger problem with this season. Now, I like this season. Don't get me wrong. I don't think this is a bad season, and people are saying that are over the top. But I do think that this season, they really suffered by not having George R.R. Martin's overall outline for what they needed to do. I think they struggled when it comes to writing. I really do. Case in point being the Arya and Sansa storyline. I don't think that was well written at all. And... As cool as that big meeting in the dragon pit scene was, I still, and you can argue with me all you want, I still don't think that plan made any sense. It it just didn't. The whole, okay, we're going to go get a White Walker and show it to, it, it doesn't make sense. To me, that was not well written. Even though I think that the dragon pit scene was awesome. I'm not arguing that. I just don't think the plan made any sense. And I, 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 I think that they were afraid to kill off major characters. This is Game of Thrones. We should have major characters die. Think about last season. <laughs> I mean, and that was, even that was a bit of, I mean, I don't think they were on the books at that point. So they were still killing off major characters. I mean, Marjorie died last season. All, all these different things. But nobody of importance really died this season. I mean, we had a few here and there. Littlefinger died, but it, we all knew it was his time to go. I don't know. I just, 
I think that they, I had major issues with the overall writing of this season, and that's my biggest problem with it. And then, of course, like we have mentioned, it was rushed. Uh, so it's a good season. It's not the best, but it, it's fine overall. Now, one thing I do want to ask you, and I should have prepared you and kind of gave you this question beforehand, but I completely forgot. What's the best episode of the season? Best episode of the season is probably, hmm, it's probably either last episode, it was probably episode six, or it's probably episode four. Yes, I think it's episode four for me, Spoils of War, that episode is really overall really great, and then to see the dragons finally unleashed, it's... It's everything that you could have wanted. I, I think that episode's the best, in my opinion. The Dragons Unleashed and the Dothraki Unleashed, it, it, it was the best episode, in my opinion. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, the reason why I even mentioned episode six, I mean, is that you just see the full power of all yeah, that's true. three. And you just see them all wrecking shop. But then you also see the power of the, of the Night King. Taking um, them down, yeah. Exactly. And it is just so intense. I, I just love the whole tone, especially especially just them running to that to that one space in the middle of the lake. It was just so great just to see that really all go down. Yeah. So I really liked it. Okay, and you know I've defended that episode like for like since since it came out last or two weeks ago, where people have been pushing back like, where do they get the chains? All these stupid questions where you, they're if you just put a little bit of thought into it, they're easily you can easily explain them away. And it's something called just plausibility. Like, yes, that could work. Our friend Mandy did bring up one point that I think stands where I'm like, okay, that's a fair question that I honestly have no answer to. So you remember how they get stuck in the middle of that lake or whatever, and they stop there and basically they're surrounded by the White Walkers, but they won't cross because the ice gets cracked and they would all just fall into the water, right? Mm-hmm. So, if they won't go in the water, right, because either they would freeze or whatever their reason is for not going into the water, why did? how did they go into the water, or how did they send some of them to go into the water to tie up the dragon with the chains? <laughs> I, that that's that's one like i have th i have fought back on every single point the chains i can easily fight back on the timeline i can easily fight back on but that's the one where i'm like that's a fair one i i, I have no idea i can't really explain that one <laughs> um just a random side note for that episode i honestly have no idea all right well yeah that's the one time i'll actually give her something I was like yeah, yeah that's uh that's a good point. question <laughs> i don't know I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe the the actual White Walkers went in there and did it, and then got the wives to do the rest of the work. I don't know. Yeah. All right. What is your least favorite episode? The season premiere. Okay. I think that's going to be a lot of people's. I don't fully understand why. I mean, I get it. It's just not. I guess it's just a lot of like, here's where everybody is. But I, I didn't mind it. My, I mean, I liked yeah. I liked all the stuff that went down in Winterfell. I really appreciated it. I just I just hated how it ended. I just really did. I was just like, she's just like, so let's begin. And then the episode ends. I'm like, that's just such a conundrum. How are you going to do that? Yeah. Like, why would you end it like that? That's just, no, I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. The good news is they <laughs> really can't do that next episode or next season, whenever that next season is. So, 
yeah, that I would be shocked if they find a way to do that next season. But my least favorite is probably going to be episode five, which is, which is Eastwatch. It's real. It's called Eastwatch, but not much actually happens at Eastwatch. <laughs> um, they kind of just show up there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically it. They arrive at Eastwatch, and that's it. Uh, Davos. Get, I mean, the biggest thing is Tyrion meets with uh, Jamie, which is fine enough. But like, like I said, that was the beginning of their whole plan. That doesn't quite make any sense to me. And I, I don't know. The whole episode was just. Uh, I feel like it was a lot leading up to what was going to happen. And it's just not too too much actually happening. And it was the episode that I got really frustrated with Gilly and Sam. But that's that's my least favorite, probably, is episode five. All right. Uh, do you have any other important points before we move on to prediction-like stuff? I Like, they better figure out a way to make next season work because my fear is that the show's going to end up like Dexter, which I'm not going to spoil the ending for Dexter for those yeah. of you who are currently watching it, or like, I don't know, How I Met Your Mother and, and shows yeah. like that, just because these shows... So many shows, you know, they have such a great run, and then as soon as they hit that, you know, the last season, like the like the second to last season, or or even the season that's worst last season, it just collapses. And I hope that it's not that it, this is not the fate for Game of Thrones, because like I've said it before, and I've said it, and I'll say it again. I mean, this this Game of Thrones is basically becoming the Star Wars of TV. It just is. Yeah. You know, and it it's going to be very tragic if the show does not end on a high note. Yeah, or on a low note, end on a Game of Thronesy note. I to me, I don't want this to end in like roses and you know everything is all good. I I want it to be a tragic victory. You know. All right, but anyway, let's move on before we get into full-on predictions for next season, I do want to do something. We are going to go back. I re-listened to our Game of Thrones extravaganza for last year, which you should listen to because it's not that bad, uh, if I do say so myself. We're going to go back, and I am going to kind of run through some of our predictions and talk about what we got right and what we got wrong. So we've already talked about my Sam prediction, which we got right. You predicted Arya going home. Which is, I mean, that was a good prediction by you. I I was on the other side of the fence. I predicted that Arya would continue on to King's Landing no matter what. And you were right. She found out that uh, that the Winterfell had been taken by um, the Starks, and she went home. So good on you. You got that one right, <laughs> Ozzy. Thanks, man. You predicted and you got it right in like a roundabout way i mean i don't think this is necessarily how you expected it to go down but you predicted that john would go to king's landing now i don't think it necessarily went down how exactly you expected but you did get that one right as well (laughs) now i predicted that this is one where i will i'll take the l on this one to an extent because I think that it was poorly written, so it's kind of like a, well, if they would have written it properly, maybe this would have happened, or maybe I would have been more willing to take the L on this one. 
I predicted that Sansa would betray John, and you were obviously on the other side of the fence on that. Now, that was based on when they declared John king in the north, and we read that situation completely differently, and I think we still read that situation differently. I think, and this, again, depends on how you interpret the mess at King's Landing this season. Was was Arya, or were Arya and Sansa always working together, or was Sansa trying, or actually kind of listening to Littlefinger, but then she snaps out of it and goes, no, 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 I'm not going to let him do this. That depends on the question, like, I, I don't know, how, what, how would you interpret this, or that episode, or that scene from last season now? I still don't think that she's betraying him in that season. I still don't. I mean, she looks pretty. I mean, I mean, you can just tell by her reaction. I mean, at first she's smiling because they're all calling him King of the North. I and mean, then as soon as she looks at Littlefinger, she's like, "Okay, he might be planning something really dirty," or I don't understand why he's giving me that look. Okay, but with in context of this season, like, do you think that she was at any point thinking? And listening to Littlefinger. I think she got in the idea of, of, of you know, becoming a ruler this season. I wouldn't say okay. she thought about it last season. I did think that this season maybe she got a little bit power hungry because you do see it. You know, you do see it when she's just like, John, just let me tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Listen to me because okay. you'll be smarter. First thing I'm saying, I would, like, if I'm going to go off and say, like, you know, last season, and, uh, you know, I, I just don't think at that point she was there because, you know, he, he had just gotten named King of the North, you know, and it's clearly a happy moment for her. But, you know, as, as time went along, I believe that she's just like, okay, I still, he's not doing things. Yeah. He's not doing things correctly. So I want her, I want to, I want to kind of, I want to maneuver him in this direction. I still don't think it's, she's clearly, I I, I don't think we'll ever be on the same page about that scene. I still think that she was a little bit off put when they start declaring him king in the north. Anyway, one of my other predictions was, again, this is kind of like your King's Landing one. It was right in a roundabout way. I predicted that Euron would intercept Danny before she gets to King's Landing, or before she gets to the win- or Westeros. Now, he didn't intercept her before she got to Westeros, but he did cause problems and intercept as part of her many armies. So, it was right somewhat, not all the way. So, yeah. Euron and Cersei team up. I believe we both had that one. So, we were both definitely right about that. And then, you predicted that we were both on... I know we mentioned this before. We were both on the same page that this would be Cersei's last season. I will say I completely underestimated Cersei because I was like, it's not even going to be a competition. You, I will say, you did say that Cersei would put up a fight, but it will be her last season. So we're both wrong on the her, it being her last season part, but you are more right because you said she would put up a fight. So good for you there as well. Um, and that's basically all the predictions I grabbed from there. But yeah, it's I think it's interesting to go back and listen to how we thought this season would go. And I mean, we were pretty right. I mean, I'd say it's about 50-50, right? Yeah, 50-50 sounds accurate to me. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to talk really briefly because we are running kind of long here. We're going to talk about our predictions for next season. Ozzy, what do you got? 
John ends up becoming king of the seven kingdoms, and he lets and he lets either he lets Sansa and Arya run Winterfell. I don't think that Arya is going to become an assassin like everybody thinks that she is. I just don't. Or maybe she will serve as a part of John's Kingguard. One of those. One of those will do. Mm-hmm. I do believe that maybe Tormund will die next season. Unfortunately, as much as I love Tormund, I do believe that he might die. I feel like either I feel like Viserion is definitely going to put up a fight. You can tell that this dragon means business. I've never seen a dragon fly as fast as Viserys. Oh, as Viserion. That was great. I was so that I was so scared. I was like, look, I've seen you fly, Drogon. <laughs> I've seen you fly, Rhaegar. But damn. Viserion right now on that white juice, boy. Yeah. That, that guy's on steroids. So I just I do believe that maybe Drogon will survive. I don't believe if Rhaegar will survive. Um I do believe that there will be another dragon death next season, but I just don't know which dragon to pick from. But I do believe that the fight will end in another dragon loss. And I do believe that Danny will be pregnant with a child and she will produce an heir to the throne. Lena Headley will definitely die. If she doesn't die, I don't know how you're going to do the freaking show. And um, Brianna of Tarth will hug up with Jamie. Ooh, it's gonna go down, people. That it's is go down. interesting. It's gonna go down. I'm being All serious. Right. It's gonna go down. <laughs> um, I have a couple of predictions that are, and two of them, I'm not quite sure how they're gonna work together, but I'm just gonna throw them out anyway. But I'll get there. I'll kind of end with those. Cersei dies in childbirth. That's something I have thrown out there before, and I'm sticking to it. I think it makes complete sense, especially. I, I guess I know we haven't gotten the prophecy of the Valonqar in the show, but if we are sticking to that on any level in the book or from the books, then I still think it makes sense if she dies in childbirth, especially if the child is a boy, because then he he is a little brother, so it makes kind of sense that she dies in childbirth, and I think it would be so fitting if she ends up dying in childbirth, because that's something she's always resented Tyrion for is killing their mother in childbirth so it, for it to happen to her i think is really fitting i i just think it makes too much sense to me for it not to happen i know most people think jamie is going to kill her but i still don't think i that's a possibility but i think the childbirth one works a little bit better for me i think this this is where we're starting to get into uh weird territory where I think Daenerys is going to die. I don't think Daenerys makes it to the end of this show. I really don't. I I think it, she, it's too... She's too much of a perfect solution, almost. Where it's like, oh, she's like the prodigal uh, Targaryen child returning. And I just... I don't think it it's going to happen. I think you're right in the end. Jon is going to end up as either... I don't know if he'll like necessarily we'll see him sitting on the throne or anything, but he'll kind of be like the last one standing where it'll be clear like he's going to be ruling the Seven Kingdoms just because who else is left? I think that's a possibility, especially. You think that Daenerys is gonna die? Yes, I I just said. I think, that's not cool. 
this is Game of Thrones. I, this is something we've forgotten about because these writers are afraid to kill people off and maybe that'll come back to bite me in the butt because they're still afraid to kill people off. But this is Game of Thrones. And to quote, to quote Ramsey Bolton or Ramsey Snow, whatever you want to call him by, I mean, I guess legally Ramsey Bolton. If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. I, I don't think this is going to end. And I know this is going to make people upset, but this show is not going to end sunshine and roses and happiness this is going to be a tragic victory i really believe that and if they don't do it like that i will be disappointed because i don't think daenerys is gonna die if anything i do believe that she may lose all her dragons if anything but i don't think she's going to die i just i just don't see it particularly happening but john is the answer like john is everything that daenerys was supposed to be for the show but better so that's why I don't think there's no purpose for her anymore story-wise. Like, writing-wise, I just don't see the purpose for her unless you're going to relegate her to she has the heir to the throne, which is like, that kind of ruins her character. Now, I do think, and this is another prediction, I, I mean, I guess, I think you're right. I think that they will have a child. Now, this is where I'm like, I'm not sure how these two things are going to work together. Because I think she'll die, but I also think she could have a child. So I don't really know which one it's going to end up being, or if they end up doing both, because I could totally see this season being stretched out, um, like, time-wise, where she starts out, like, mid, maybe mid-season, she's pregnant, and by the end, she has her child. I, I don't know, maybe. But then again, when is the White Walker battle going to happen? I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm still kind of working through that, but... I think it's very possible that she gets pregnant, but I also think that she could die very easily. Um, lastly, I think that it's very possible, very possible that we end with a flash forward or some sort of epilogue type thing where we see that where we see this battle with the White Walkers and then we kind of just fast forward for like 30 minutes at the end of the last episode and it's like John is on the throne and we kind of get this is what happens to everybody. I think that's very possible that that's how this thing ends, where we get a Harry Potter-esque kind of flash forward showing where everybody ends up. Yeah, that's my biggest thing, I guess. I, I don't know. I think dragons could die. I think the other one, not Drogon, is very possible to die. Or maybe Drogon dies with Daenerys and then Jon gets the other one. I, that's possible, too. I think you're right about Arya ending, or Sansa ending up as the Lady of Winterfell, and she ends up just ruling Winterfell. But yeah, I I don't know. It's it, there. It, there's just so much. I mean, with this season ending, or with this season, this next season being the last, I just don't know where they're gonna go. And I I'm gonna be really frustrated if it is really 2019. And they haven't officially confirmed it, but that's what everything seems to be pointed to. And that's really frustrating to me because they're already giving us less episodes and they're gonna push it back. And it's not even like, like we've already said, it doesn't make any sense for them to be giving us less episodes. People are already frustrated. You're just gonna frustrate them more. I, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Any final thoughts before we do recommendations and move on out of here? Don't kill Daenerys. All right. I think that they probably should, and they might. So, yeah. Right. You're anyway. a dick. You're a dick, man. <laughs> it's Game of Thrones. Don't forget the red wedding. Anyway. I just want John to find, like, one girlfriend, okay? I understand it's his aunt, but, okay, just, just damn it. I just want him to be happy. 
that can't be happy. No, he can't. Okay, <laughs> it sucks. Okay, the girl that he loved, you know, shot him with arrows, and then as soon as he saw her again, the kid that he like, the kid that he considered like a son, killed the girl that he loved. <laughs> kid that he cons- that he loved ended up killing him. <laughs> then, the, then when he came back to then when he came back to live again, okay, he's like, dude, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so, it sucks. Right. Like, you know what I mean? You know, he's reunited with his sister, and then you know his sister's a dick. His sister's a dick. And then and then you know you know next season you know he's like, damn, you know I found love again. But no, it's my aunt. Like, give the guy a break. I mean, I think my life is bad. The guy can't catch a damn break. I just want the guy to be happy. All right. Now let's do recommendations, Ozzy. What you got? God. Um. You're recommending God. It's a great play, by the way. It's a great play. Um, but anyways, I'm probably gonna recommend. I'm gonna recommend this sitcom. I'm gonna recommend Friends. It's a good sitcom for those of people who don't watch it. Watch Friends. Jennifer Aniston. Check her out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I am going to recommend Wayne's World. Uh, It's a movie that I have watched before, and I think I've watched it like twice before, and I just watched it recently again because every time I hear um, Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm like, I need to watch Wayne's World, and I've been hurting it a lot recently, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch Wayne's World. And I watched it, and it's a great movie, a great comedy and probably one of my favorite low-key one of my favorite comedies and i will say this there is a scene and i just refer to it as the product placement scene that is honestly and i am not over exaggerating i swear it is one of the funniest scenes i have ever seen in a movie and i love wayne's world (laughs) that movie and that scene in particular gets me every time it is one of the best scenes I love it. So I highly recommend Wayne's World. All right, Ozzy, you want to sign us out? Yeah, man. Carlos, where can people find you on social media? All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. And, of course, make for sure you follow us all over social media, all at ScreenFellows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, our website as well. Brianna does great stuff over there. So definitely check that out. And we apologize for the length of this episode. But, I mean, we look, we've been out for like a week. So we did a longer episode. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do the things that Game of Thrones couldn't and be longer. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Ozzy, where can people get you on social media? (laughs) People can find me on social media on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. And if you guys also want to recommend me any movies, TV shows, or bring up any TV discussions, feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellas.com. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, Check us out on YouTube. Again, sorry that there has not been any YouTube content recently. This is because it's been a long week. Guys, this is Screen Fellas. 